0: The following is a production of Omnus.tv. On this episode of Revelator, I welcome Eliza Niels and Rachel Lauren as our music guests and also cover the top movies at the box office and much more here on Revelator. <laughs> Good at every freaking turn. Welcome to Revelator. I'm your host, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me as always. And I've got another double feature for you. The very, very sexy and talented Rachel Lauren will be joining us. And also equally lovely and attractive Eliza Niels will also be joining us as well. So uh, two lovely ladies on the show and really, really fantastic music. Uh, keep it locked right where you are right now. Uh, also top movies as well. Uh, the X-Men movie. You know, I did get a chance to go see the X-Men movie. And uh, for most of people who have been listening for a little while know that I-, I like the Marvel films. I can't help it. I really like the X Men films. You know, th- there's a couple things with the X Men films that, eh, some of the timelines, the comic books, I don't want to get into all that stuff, you know. But uh, as far as uh, the brand new film, which debuted at number one in the box office at over $90 million. Days of Future Past might be one of you know a lot of people when they I saw on Twitter like this is the best superhero movie ever I'm like oh come on I'm going to see it I I don't want to have that build up right after seeing it man it it's up there man it really is it's right up there with uh, you know Batman Begins and you know some of the other Avengers forget it X Men Days of Future Past blows Avengers out of the water. It is done very, very well. Maybe there's some timeline things with the Wolverine thing from the Wolverine Origins movie. If you take that movie and throw it out, uh, which was not a very good representation of the X-Men films in general. But, man, fantastic. It also sets it up for another um, fantastic movie as well. Um, if you're familiar with the comics, if I say uh, Apocalypse and you're an X-Men fan, you're probably very, very excited. That's all I'm really going to say to you. That you just got to go see the movie. Um, Fantastic. Well done. The incorporation of old versus new. Uh, some new characters. Some characters I wish they would have still kept in, uh, like Emma Frost and a few others uh, were not in it. Um, but all in all, a fantastic film. Uh, definitely worth seeing in the theater. Let's take a look at the top ten right now. Uh, Heaven is for Real, $1.9 million. The Movie Chef, $2.2 million. Rio 2, at two point five, The Other Woman, Sinking Fast, $3.6 million. Million dollar arm, that just doesn't look, appeal to me as a movie at seven million dollars. The Amazing Spider-Man two, the reviews uh, I've mixed reviews on that. I've heard bad and good. Seven point eight million. The movie The Neighbors, which I heard is really really uh, hysterical, thirteen point nine million. Uh, blended at number three at fourteen point two. Godzilla thirty one point four million and number one of course X Men Days of Future Past Uh Revelator. Yeah, you know, I I give it a I give it a four-star revelator stamp. Uh X-Men Days of Future Pass at uh, over $90 million. This is calculated on the money. This is not counting Memorial Day numbers um for the holiday there on the opening week. So it, that that number of 90 million is probably uh, a little bit skewed um uh, because it's not including the actual holiday itself. Uh but we'll see how that plays out. Now I get some bad. Uh, there's bad news for a former guest of ours, uh, Mr. Russ Dwarf, who uh, was on a show. Actually, uh, about a year or so now. Uh, you know what? Russ is probably one of the nicest, most humble guys we've had uh, the pleasure of getting to know and interview, and has been really supportive of of us. Um, even after being on the show, you know, when I mentioned him on Twitter and, you know, we repost the link and stuff, he always retweets it. Really nice guy. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Russ and his band, the Killer Dwarfs, were involved in a serious bus crash after the Rocklahoma Festival. Uh, the accident took place on World Day uh, in the afternoon uh, that Monday around 2 p.m. on Interstate 70 outside of Indianapolis. Um, the driver was the bass player, Johnny Fenton. Um, pulling a box truck trailer um, and unfortunately was unable to uh, stop and hit another vehicle. And also a second SUV was involved as well. Um, only minor cuts and scrapes there. Now Russ himself was actually airlifted to a medical facility in Indianapolis for head, in- head injuries um no I don't have any further details unfortunately at this time. So best wishes to uh the guys in the in the in the band Killer Dwarfs and also Russ as well. Um really well respected individual in the industry and uh one of a guy that I really uh you know again, I, I can't say enough about Russ, man. One of the most humble and nice guys you're ever gonna speak with. Uh so hopefully it's not too serious he can get out of the hospital and uh you know, and get back on the road doing what he loves to do, man. And uh so best of luck, to those guys, uh, sending good energy to uh, their friends and family there. Uh, the Killer Dwarfs, uh fantastic album, too, man, re-releasing that album after so long. Really, really good stuff. And the acoustic album, Wireless, by Russ, not going to hear many more uh, acoustic albums that are that fantastic with that uh, stellar guitar work. You're just not going to hear that nowadays. Uh, really, really good stuff. Now, I hate to go on a downer there, but let's kick this thing up, right? Uh, Eliza Niels and Rachel Lauren will be joining us in just a moment. Let's start off. This is a double shot. By the one only the Eliza, Miss Eliza Neals. Uh, I tell you what, this woman has a voice like no other. Blues, jazz—it doesn't get much better than this. Let's start off with the the first song. It's a double shot by Eliza Neals. The first song is titled "Pig" here on Revelator.
1: I don't care what y'all say. I'm thinking about a pig. I
2: like pig. I, like I like pigs. Bear, do you like pigs? Bear, do you like pigs? <laughs> <laughs> I like me a cute pig I like me a cute old pig I wish I were a pig I do I want get you all day long I wish I were a pig Have a good
0: That is Sugar Daddy here on Revelator. I'm joined now by the singer and the artist, Eliza Neal. Uh, Eliza, uh, thanks for uh, taking some time out. I don't know you're uh, you're out and about uh, doing some uh, grassroots marketing and all that stuff, and uh, I appreciate you cutting some time out of your day.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm just you know doing what I do, and I'm so glad to talk to you. And um, yeah, it's Eliza Neal with the ass. I don't know if I, if that came through or not, but um, people are always like Neil, Neil O'Reilly. No, it's it's an Irish last name. But I'm Armenian, so don't ask where don't ask that came from. But, yeah, it's a lot in the meals of the house. Anyway, well, yeah, we're out here promoting the shows and the tour. So everything's cool. Good to talk
0: to you, Ryan. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, the new single, which you get, I think you're getting a release in, uh, I think you're in Kansas City right now, but uh, the song Sugar Daddy, which uh, you mentioned is kind of a, a vintage song that you guys wrote. Uh, talk to me about the track that we just heard.
3: Okay, that song um, was my writing partner, Barrett's song. He, um, he had it. Uh, and recorded, uh, part, you know, years ago, in the 50s, and it never got released. And I'm like, I love that song. I'm going to hear it again. And he's singing it, you know, from a male perspective. And then I rewrote I it um, from a female perspective. And it talks about, a lot about, you know, what a sugar daddy would do. And But it's more about love than just material objects. You'll have to hear it to understand. I mean, you just heard it, so I guess you guys can all get the gist of what I'm going with. But it's just a cute... Motown vibe, throwback, you know, soon. And uh, it's fun. It was great to record. It's very nostalgic.
0: Well, you, you kind of have a, a sultry um, kind of throwback feel uh, in your voice and also in your music, too. Uh, where does that come from? Is, is that something you got from your parents? Or do you recall your, your first early music memory that kind of got you hooked into the music industry?
3: Well, um, growing up in Detroit, um, of course, we... Heard from Motown a lot. Obviously it was like, oh my God, Motown, Motown, you heard it and saw it and, you know, would go visit down there and look at the museum and, you know, because it was gone by the time, you know, I grew up They moved to California. But, you know, that ghost was there. And then I ran into um, Out of the Blue, Garrett Strong, the writer of Heard It to the Great Sign, in a health food store one day because I worked there and I was singing. And he's like, oh, you sound good. Um, I'm a producer. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it turns out i you know, looked in a dictionary and there, there he was, and it was true. And and we started writing together, and so it was really crazy because I go, "Who's the last person you worked with?" He goes, "Marvin Gaye." I'm like, "Yeah, right." I mean, <laughs> that can't be. But anyway, so that rubbed off on me, and and it just kept progressing more. And I like mixing it with my southern rock, and you know, artists I love, like Neil Young and Crosby, the Nash, and the Doobie Brothers, and I'm mixing that with the Saul and all that stuff, and Marvin Gaye and all that stuff. So that's, that's how I got it, you know. That's where it came from.
0: Very, very cool. Now, do you remember your very first concert that you ever went to? Gosh,
3: this was my very first concert. I might have been out and John. Isn't that crazy? Because I play oh, okay. keyboard. Um, my mom took us. Um, we all played piano. I have two sisters, and we were big Elton John freaks. And, um, yeah, I think it was, it might've been Out and John or it might've been the Doobie brothers. I can't, I can't exactly remember, but one of those, Out and John or the Doobie brothers.
0: Uh, that's a, that's quite a uh, double header there. Uh, yeah. as far as first concert is concerned now um obviously we just heard the new single uh, sugar daddy now you're also working on some new material what is um the approach from album to album for you of uh, obviously the last album uh, messing with a fool we heard the song pig earlier um what is the approach for you to push yourself not only musically but also vocally as well well the thing that happens
3: with me is i i start to write on piano and it. It's very kind of sort of mellow sounding. But then in my mind, I'm picturing myself on stage with my band. I have a very raucous band, like two guitars. I have harmonica. I have organ. It's very almost churchy gospel, but has this throwback grit. And then I'm imagining that song on piano to that live feel, and then it pushes me to sing with that grit in my voice because I I had to learn to sing... um, in the clubs in Detroit, and a lot of the times the sound system sucks, so it just sing over the smoke and the bad PA, and that's how I got my voice this way, and now I can turn it on and turn it off like a fuzz pedal, and I don't, I just write with that, I don't like perfection, I guess, I like imperfection, so well, I guess that's how I can answer it. <laughs>
0: Now, I mean, you have a pretty diverse catalog of music. I mean, do you prefer more of the traditional bluesy style? or Do you also, um, do you prefer that over maybe like the hard kind of rocky blues uh, edgy stuff?
3: I like the traditional, I mean, I like hearing the traditional like, you know, Howlin' Wolf and B.B. King. I love hearing that because to me, they were the inventors of it. So when you hear the true way it was meant to sound. You can only try to elevate yourself to sound, you know, sound just as good as that, or I mean, never as good as that. But you can try to emulate to try to get to that sound. So what I do is I try to um, pretend, you know, I'm just making this up for the first time, and I don't know. It just kind of like a transformation happens. I just try to use that as my standard, and then I try to make it my own from there, from that guideline. And then I put in the Southern Rock roots that I love so much and the Motown roots and the Soul roots, and it just kind of evolves. Also, this gospel thing that I love, too, with the organ and it just evolves into its own thing from the traditional blues that I, you know, the heroes of the blues.
0: Now with the, with the new material that you've been writing and, and tracking um do you have a uh, an official, you know obviously the, the the single Sugar Daddy will be coming out um, and, and officially released do you have uh, other songs do you have an album um, set or an EP set as far as release date for this summer?
3: um yeah well, I think since I have the single done, I'm gonna release the single and then I'm still working on new new tunes um, so i I like to push myself to try to get like at least ten to twelve tunes done. But if it doesn't happen that way, I might just do an EP and get that out, and then keep going for the next four songs, and then do the album after it's done. But um, hopefully by whatever I'm thinking, I'm hoping. Okay, What's the all right, well, def- um, um,
0: definitely good? Well, definitely a good time frame. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I think you know. Sometimes it's hard to set deadlines on on an artistic creation too, um, so you don't want to. I don't know if you if you kind of get into that mix a little bit. I know you you mentioned the, the not perfect aspect of it. Um, do you find that not setting sometimes hard deadlines is, is a good way to go about it?
3: I mean, it's good. It definitely pushes you to be to, to productive and, and do it. But it's um, pressure, too. Sometimes pressure is not good. But you have to kind of find a fine line, put yourself under the pressure, but in a good way where you can still create and not be, you know, like so pressured you can't think, you know. So, me, personally, I do like having a, a a deadline because then I would just be forever rewriting songs, like rewriting, rewriting, rewriting. So, if I do have a goal, then, yeah, I'll be like, okay, that's the end of it. Move on. Go to the next song. You know, you can always write a whole new song rather than keep revamping one song if you have a deadline. So, I hope that answered that. <laughs> no, I, Everyone's I think different, it though. Everyone's different. <laughs> but, you know, um, I've been productive yeah. with deadlines, me, personally.
0: Yeah, everybody's kind of had. I, I I try to, um, you know. I I guess it kind of depends on the, on the scenario. A lot of times when it comes to deadlines and those type of things, but um, but usually something for you know an artistic value. It's kind of hard sometimes. Sometimes it just comes naturally. Um, do you find that you know, like li- as far as like your lyric writing and those type of things, is it something that you pull from like life experiences or life events or? Um, is it's just kind of a, a feeling or a vibe. I know I, I do a lot of writing on the side, like every once in a while I'll just be driving and I'm like, Oh yeah. man, I gotta find a pen, and I'll pull over and I'll, you know, scratch something down in a napkin or something, you know, yeah. and carry on with whatever I was doing. Do you kinda of have those moments too in, in the studio or on tour or anything?
3: Yes, absolutely. Like I, my iPhone is filled with major um the notes, you know, that program where you can record um in fact I wrote the whole album like that. A lot of it was um, ideas that I sang into my most microphone program in my, in my iPhone, and I would come up with ideas, also driving around, like you said, um, driving from place to place, you know, like one song on my new upcoming album is going to be called "Windshield Wipers, and that was from the windshield Wipers, you know, driving. <laughs> they had a fork, and I just kind of wrote a story about how that made me feel, and it's a lot of it's about me and a lot of it's about people that I know or things that just come into me that, you know, that affect you. So, yes, I'm, I'm one of those people who stops and wipes my napkins and, you know, will definitely stop and start singing on my iPhone, like, with one hand and drive with my knee. It's very dangerous. <laughs> but.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so she, well, hey, you know, I, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. So I will make sure to, uh, you know, clear distance if I'm following you on the highway or anything. If you're driving yeah. with your knee, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
3: But, uh, yeah, I'm, my husband <laughs> banned me from that, but whatever. I still do it. I'm
0: alone. <laughs> now, uh, you're a very, you're a very attractive woman. Um, what is the hardest part um, you think, at least for you personally, or in, in in a general aspect for women in the music industry? Um, at this point what is like the hardest like challenge that you think you face uh, maybe not so much now you've had a lot there's been a lot of female artists that have come out in the last um several years that have really kind of broken that mold uh, a little bit but what do you see at least on the indie circuit um some of your biggest challenges well i'll
3: tell you what being a being a woman and then being slightly attractive is a night actually it's, it's like kind of a nightmare because people think if you're pretty or look good that you can't sing or you can't, you're not talented and they disregard you. It's very, very freaking weird. I don't understand why this is why, but they right away or they get, especially men that I've met, they get um, intimidated and don't even want you to, I mean, seriously, or it could work the opposite way where they really embrace you and want you. It's really weird. It's like either, C- terrible, where they don't even want you near the, the freaking place. Don't even come near the stage. Or it's like, yeah, come on up. And then they when they find out you really can sing, gritty and hang hey, and we're like with the guys. Then they're like, oh my god, how did that happen? You know, they they're blown away. Really, I must say. <laughs> well,
4: well, I, I love doing that. I,
3: love, I like freaking people out. And we're like, oh hi, blah blah blah. And then we're like, wow. You know, they're like, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you kind of have a you kind of have an innocent look to you, I guess. So I can imagine that you know, if, if someone didn't know you that you know and saw you on stage, you know, belting out these notes, I could see how maybe that could be a little intimidating. I, I find it great. I, I think you're uh, fantastic. I've been following you on Twitter for a while, and I'm glad we finally cut some time out to get you on the show. I, I appreciate it.
3: Well, I really appreciate it because you're 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 the kind of guy you know in the industry that gets it, they got it, you know, you get it, and I, and I really appreciate your support because. It's hard. I mean, you know, it's a, a man. It's a man's world. It's a man's world, okay? <laughs> and uh, it really is. And so you have to, like, claw your way, and, and, and not really claw your way, just go and be what you do, and, be, and then once they see you, they go, oh, oops, or sorry, or I didn't know you actually could sing. I mean, some guys thought I was a pop singer by my picture. Like, I sang pop. Like, not that that's bad. Pop singers are rich. But, like, you know, like, programs pop music i'm like did you even listen to what i do obviously right.
0: you didn't. You know it's right. it's
3: weird it's, it's like a challenge every day is a challenge but i'm up for it I'm, i can i can hang
0: well yeah. I, I think you're fantastic uh the, the music speaks for itself it's it's rich it's full um it's kind of dirty sexy sultry it's kind of a little bit of everything um and, and i think people are going to dig it um best of luck uh on your tour you're going to be in nashville um i think on the 29th, I believe it may. So uh, I'm going to try to come out and, um, you know, stalk you a little bit and stuff. So uh, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> that's awesome. At least I know, at least I know you're coming. No, yeah. Just, um, I'll, give, I'll give you a heads up. I'm, I'm the really, really tall guy with the goatee. So, uh, okay. So All right. That's, that's All right. Narrow it down. I'll, I'll probably be sticking out head and shoulders by everybody else. I'm like six, four and a half. So,
3: Oh, good. So I'll definitely know who you are and I'll be dressed in yeah, something yeah. crazy and I'll probably have a hat on or something. And I, you know, who's playing with me is Bart Walker. He was, uh, he was running up in the international blues challenge I guess a couple times. It's phenomenal. So his band's backing me up, so I'm playing keyboards and it's gonna be a real a cool it's gonna be a cool night. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Fantastic. It should be uh, the weather should be fantastic. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now uh, Eliza Niels, uh yeah. thank you very much for your uh time. We appreciate it. We close out with uh raining in Detroit. Best of luck to you and uh thanks for your time.
3: Thank you so much, Ryan.
2: Left me, baby, and I ain't getting no better. I look at the clouds rolling in, I can see we're in for stormy weather. And I can see the river rising like that lump up in my chest. And I said, Lord, have mercy. I lost the one I love the best. It's raining.
1: It's raining, way down in Detroit City, it's raining, it's raining,
2: raining in my heart. Now I walk the broken hearted pool up, and I hear an old song, by brother Barrett Strong. And he said if he could get his woman back, back home, where she belonged, yeah sad sad fools got to stand up here and sing this song and i wonder yes i wonder how did things ever goes so wrong it's
1: raining it's raining way down in detroit city
0: reading in Detroit here on Revelator. That is the lovely and very, very talented Eliza Niels. Uh, thanks to Eliza for uh, stopping by. And I actually will get a chance to see her in Nashville uh, performing live. Very, very excited about that. Now, our next guest is Rachel Lauren. Now, Rachel, tell you what, uh, Rachel was fantastic. You know, uh, she's going to join us here in a moment and uh, taking time out while on vacation in Miami, Okay. You know, so show her some love there for cutting some time out. But before that, let's listen to her cover of Love Bites. That's right, I said it. Her cover of Love Bites. It's Rachel Lauren here on Revelator. That is Rachel Lauren here on Revelator with Love Bites. I'm joined now by the lovely and very talented Rachel. Uh, Rachel, thanks for uh, cutting some time out. I know uh, you're enjoying the Miami sun there in the holiday weekend. How are you doing?
4: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually currently sitting in a lawn chair. Yeah. Uh, Miami.
0: <laughs> very nice. Uh, how, how's the weather down there? I imagine it's fantastic and gorgeous and the whole deal. Fantastic so. and
4: beautiful and hot. <laughs> really, really hot. I think right. I'm, I'm, I'm
0: cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you are uh, soaking in the, the Miami sun. Nothing wrong with that. You can't beat that on a holiday weekend. Uh, sure. Now we just heard, uh, we just heard your cover of Def Leppard's Love Bites. Um, I, I guess a couple questions for you. Um, is there any particular reason you picked this, this song by Def Leppard? And have you heard from anyone from Def Leppard about your particular uh, cover of this track? Yes and yes. Um, well,
4: the, the i am I'm a huge fan of 80s rock music. I always have been since I was, like, nine. Thanks to my mom, I stole basically all of her CDs and records and um, blasted that stuff in my ears. I mean, I'm a fan of all music, but 80s rock was pretty much the one genre that I was obsessed with. And, um, you know, I've always, always wanted to cover something like that. And, um, you know, since I used to be a, a dance artist, I really... I, I knew that that wasn't what I really, really wanted to do. And, um, I figured I should, you know, do some rock songs to get me to cross over, to be more edgy. And, um, you know, I met this guy named Tony Harnell, who's the lead singer of TNT and he came into my life right smack in, right in time. And, um, he actually came up with that song and he said, Hey, you know, you could sing this brilliantly. And, um, <laughs> I was like, really? Uh, okay. And, so I went ahead and recorded it in the studio with him. It took about three days. And um, I, it's, like, it's like the best song ever. You can't really go wrong with it. And, you know, no woman has ever covered it. And that's what makes it so special. Um, you know, no one really wants to touch classics. And uh, um, I also had a great producer work on it named Robert Venable. He was the drummer of Evanescence. He's been recording with uh, Paramore and all these great people. But, um, you know, you can't really go wrong with classic music like that. Everyone loves it, especially since I'm a girl. <laughs> it's a
0: different take on it. Well, that was kind of where I was going with that because I don't think I've ever heard a woman uh, cover that track. And it's funny, you mentioned obviously the first one to, to release it as a single in that fashion. So um, right. was there any reason that that you, um, you know, when Tony brought it to you and was like, hey, you should do this, um, you know was there anything uh, kind of going on in your life where it kind of just like seemed to fit really well for you in that aspect?
4: well, yeah, yeah, because you know, like I said, I used to be a dance artist and everyone would do nightclubs and whatever and um I started you know crossing over into the edgy rock vibe, and um he I met him right in time and he started vocal coaching me and um becoming my mentor, and basically all. Aspects of my life, including my my eating, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, yeah, and uh, he, we went over like tons and tons of songs that I could possibly do, but that one just seemed to work really well. And um, the reason why we picked it though is because it's still a pop song, technically, you know, but um, it's rock, but it has all pop elements in it, and uh, you know, it was a great crossover song. Because it's not too hard, and it's not soft, and it's not you know it's not it's not like it's R and B, but it's not like it's metal, so like, I can, I it was just a really really easy way to uh, cross over to the sound I really wanted to do.
0: Well, it's definitely uh, I mean, uh, I right up there with one of the all-time great rock and roll songs in the last uh, thirty years. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, on the complete flip side of Def Leppard, you're also. Um, Kind of really climbing the charts fast uh, with the song you're featured with Pitbull, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I think you yeah. guys are top, <laughs> currently number seven in Japan right now uh, with "Burning Up the Club." um yeah, uh, sure. it, you, you mentioned you, you guys had not you you had not met Pitbull at least not you know for this song. So how did the come to be to you get on this oh. track? How does like, <laughs> that- it's actually it's a
4: crazy story. Um, I I you know I since I was crossing over and whatnot, I was not really planning to do any more just dance music, I was going to do more pop, pop, rock, and, you know, kind of do this new combo of music, but I was sitting at home one day with my mom, and I get this phone call from a producer out in L.A., and he had said, hey, you know, we, we, we saw your videos and YouTube and Reboot Nation, and uh, we think you're amazing, and we would love to see if you'd like to, you know, <laughs> record a song with Pitbull. And they linked it like as a demo to see if I was even good enough to be on a track with him and um you know, I thought it was a joke. I thought, and it was like where's where's the cameras? Like who's pointing me at the asshole? <laughs> but uh, no no no. I I you know so they sent me I of course I said yes, I mean who the hell would they no? But um they sent me a track within thirty minutes. And, uh, you know, they asked me if i had access to the studio. So I was in New York when they sent it. And um, I went to my studio, and I laid down the track. I sent it in basically 35, 40 minutes. And I sent it over to L.A., and within 30 minutes, they're calling me and sending me contracts. I'm saying, yep, yeah, we're great. You're perfect, wonderful, congratulations. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, shit. Um, uh, so that- that's basically what happened. It was so quick and so surreal. I really I honestly thought it was fake. Like, you know, someone was not being truthful. Like you to you're
0: a, you're gonna end up on catfish <laughs> in no time, right? I know, right? I'm
4: like, Where are the hidden cameras? It's not funny. <laughs> don't don't choke <laughs> a hungry a hungry artist like that. <laughs>
0: well very um, quiet. Oh yeah,
4: yeah. It was great. And the producers they loved me out there, so now I'm going to be featured on a uh, track with Slow Rider as well. It's coming out very, very soon. But, um, yeah, and the Purple Song just got released in Japan a week ago, and it's already number seven, as you said, and it's going to be released in London in less than a week, and then it's coming straight to America. But it's already been leaked here, so (laughs) there's really no point in releasing it here because it's already here all over the club somehow. Um, Gotta love technology.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, once once it's out somewhere, it, you know, it, uh, the way uh, technology and social media and YouTube and all those different aspects and, and channels now, it just it spreads like wildfire. Which well, congratulations! Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it takes Thank off here you. in the states. Um, now, are you a big club person at all? Like, I you know, uh, I I don't know you real well, but just from our interactions, you don't seem like you'd be a a, a big time club person. Yes, Do you enjoy kind of hitting the hitting the scene at all?
4: You know, it's so funny to ask that. I. I used to be only because I performed at so many clubs all the time. That was the only time I really went to the, to the nightclubs. And, um, now my night out is like going to the movies with my parents. <laughs> I'm like so boring. Like right now I could be like, you know, like partying with constraints in my hands. But instead I'm just baking in the sun, cooking like a lobster. And that's like perfect for me. But I mean, here and there occasionally, sure. I'll go. But, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not one to go all the time.
0: All right, y'all have to ask. What's the worst pickup line you've ever heard at a club?
4: Oh, for for you personally?
0: <laughs> <All> right, there's <laughs> gotta be. A, there's gotta be a couple of them out there. Yeah, yeah there's,
4: there's like there's, there's really really cheesy ones. I mean, let's see what I, what I got. I actually got one that was really stupid last night. I mean, I was here for my brother's engagement party, but it got broken off, so it was kind of like a disengagement. Party. <laughs> but, wow. Uh, okay. We, yeah. Yeah, we were. We were in the nightclub um, that's in the hotel here at the Fountain Blue, and um, some guy <laughs> came up and said, yo, are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only 10 I see. I was like, wow. wow.
0: That wow. was
4: really sad.
1: That's,
0: <laughs> I that's was like, yeah, that's you're uh, so that's... funny.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice play on words. Congratulations. Yeah, You've good now- one. Nice. Oh, wow. God. Um, I don't even have any... Ryan, <laughs> nice to meet you. You look great. But um, yeah, I, but are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only Tennessee. Well, wow. Yeah, that's... Uh, hopefully he do a drink after something lame like that. Jeez, <laughs> I don't
4: know if he was drunk or not. That's the sad part. That would have been a good excuse. <laughs> I
0: really... I don't
4: really know. <laughs> hopefully
0: you've had like 10 mojitos, you know? Um.
4: <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, oh, you're so sweet, and <laughs> just walked away. That yeah, was a fail. Was a bad
0: fail. <laughs> yeah, uh, for guys out there listening, that is not the direction to go. Yeah, don't you know? do That.
4: <laughs> you know, the smooth <laughs> operators are the ones that don't really have to say anything. They just kind of come up and say, Oh, you look, you look nice, and say, Are oh, you enjoying your time? And whatever that's that's a little, a little better. But cheesy pickup lines like. There was another one that
0: said, uh, did you just buy Cause
4: you blew me away.
0: Yeah, again, not you're, the the best way to go is just be yourself. That's the best, the best way to go about it. Buy it very hey, yeah. you know, just
4: And if that's just yourself be then you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> now uh Rachel you uh you've been a very busy woman. Um you know, you know, with the, the single, with the Def Leppard single, and then, you know, the thing with Pipple you've got going on, um, uh, yeah. obviously recording material as well, um, I know you mentioned before the interview, you know, working on new material, tracking songs right now, um, mm-hmm. working on a release sometime this summer, um, have you decided if you're going to do a full album, or are you doing an EP, or is that still kind of in the mix right now? I think
4: we we'll am do a full album, actually, because I'm, I'm recording so many songs, I, I'm just I'm thinking it's going to have to be a full album because I'm going to, you know, I mean, I've shown me songs to pick from that I love. So it'll definitely, it'll definitely be an album, I believe. Very
0: Especially cool.
4: Because I have uh, music videos as well coming along with them, you know.
0: Well, very nice. Noah, uh, you've always, you've done some TV, you've done some acting uh, as well. um now, do you enjoy the modeling aspect of it and being on TV and stuff? So, I mean, you're a very attractive woman. Is you know, thank it goes you. without saying. I think anyone that's seen you, you know, can can see that. But um, thank is, you. Is that something you enjoy? Um, you know, kind of mixing in with the music too. You know, obviously you have the look, you have the image, you have a great voice. Um, is that thank something you. that you're going to enjoy doing? Is doing the video part of it?
4: Well, I try to keep all of my options open because I like staying busy. I cannot stand like. When I'm on vacation, I really cannot stand not doing anything. It makes me feel like I'm not being proactive. <laughs> so I, I feel like if you know I, I act sing, own and dance, I can always you know have something to do. And so far that method has worked, and uh, you know I have so many different things going on. It's, it's exciting, It keeps me busy and it's like it's a career, it's, it's fantastic.
0: Oh, very cool. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously, your, your early music influences with the 80s stuff. Uh, yeah. You mentioned obviously your parents as well. I mean, is there, a, is there a, a, a memory music-wise that you kind of remember that kind of sticks out in your mind as a youth where you realize, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is the direction. This is my passion I want to take uh, in the music industry. Is, is there anything out there that sticks in Actually, your
4: mind? Actually, yeah, there is. And it's, it's weird because it's not anything that I sing, but I, I went to a uh, josh roban concert with my mom when i was like uh seven or eight and um <laughs> i he's i think he's an amazing singer but we went together and you know i was sitting on the balcony watching this beautiful beautiful concert of his and once one of his songs ended i screamed i love you from <laughs> the top of the, <laughs> the balcony and for some reason he's like i love you too and it was great. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to see a singer. And then after after the show, he uh, he actually came backstage, and um, I was there. And since I was so little, they all let me kind of go in front. And he got on his knees and sat me on his lap and was talking to me. And it made me feel like, I can do this. And, you know, it was probably cliche and stupid that I'm thinking that it's eight years old. But, you know, it it was like one of those dreams flash destinies that I, I had for whatever reason I had a feeling that it's what I wanted to do. Especially since I was already swing, I was in choirs and all that all that stuff. And um, you know, the first thing I ever did singing wise was sing at the US Open Center Court and that was before any, you know, uh training and um I guess that was that was that was pretty cool and pretty lucky 'cause I auditioned with I think like 3,000 people and I only picked 10 yeah and my friend um, America the Beautiful and uh, it was before Federer's match right in the center court and um, it chose me as one of them and I was only like 12 or 11 and um, that was the first professional thing I ever did and that was without any training so I felt you know if I can do that then I might as well do it professionally and then I went from there
0: you know, I I know you're. You know, I don't want to take too much of your time here, and I appreciate no, you cutting some time out. But um,
4: totally.
0: Now, uh, if you weren't doing, you know, the modeling and TV and you know and the music and all those things, what do you think you would be doing if you if you weren't doing that?
4: Well, I uh, you know I have this obsession with animals, so <laughs> like this weird, unhealthy, ungodly obsession with animals. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to be a veterinarian since I was very very little. But um. You can talk. That's probably what I would be doing because I've always had like the need to save and help animals and all my pets I've ever had were all rescued. And, um, yeah, that's probably what I'd be doing. Um, that or, uh, be an astronaut. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely, um, definitely a veterinarian. For sure, I have. Let's well,
0: go. Cool. Uh, do, do you have uh, pets? Are you more of a, a cat person or a dog person, or? Well, I
4: love all animals. My mom's allergic to cats, so I have to kind of stick to dogs. But um, you know, I've been through turtles, rabbits, dogs, and whatever. But uh, I have dogs now. I have a little Yorkie and I have a husky.
0: <laughs> oh, the, the huskies are our fabulous. Two good to each
4: other,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I've got two dogs myself. Uh, I've you know and. Uh, I, I love dogs. They're so cool. I have a black lab. His name is His name is Fury, and everyone's like, "Your dog's name is Fury." I'm like, "He doesn't live up to his name at all." He's like that's the biggest, so fluffiest, simply, you know. He's just like, you know, big, cuddly, eighty pound lab. You know, I'm like, he's not furious by any means, but but yeah. he's got a, he's got a furious name, and that other than that, he's a big baby. You know.
4: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, my brother and I have always wanted to get a lab or a German shepherd as our next doggy. So great.
0: uh, Are you uh, are you uh, into sports or anything like that at all? Do you uh, any personal interests like that that you uh, 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 kind of? Oh yeah. Are you
4: kidding? Ever since I was young, my brother and I were. It's weird. I'm like this girly tomboy. I I I like to get dirty, but at the same time, I like to be girly. So I don't, you know, it's weird. But um, I play uh, volleyball, tennis, soccer, um. that's basketball occasionally, but I suck at it. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's fun anyway. Um, baseball, and I do dance a lot, which is basically a sport. So there's that. For well, you.
0: no, that, yeah, dance is definitely a sport. Now, uh, uh, you mentioned soccer. The World Cup is coming up here. Are you, uh, you gonna get into <laughs> that all and, and check it out? Oh yeah,
4: oh hell yeah! My my brother and I, man and his brother, we are obsessive with that stuff.
0: <laughs> Awesome. Now, uh, Rachel, uh, we've got one more song we're going to play on the show, which is Not That Girl. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would like to uh, let us know about this track before we uh, play out?
4: Well, definitely. I wrote that song with Rob Venable, that same producer, a long time ago, like three years ago. And uh, it was a dance song originally, and it got remixed by this guy in Sweden, and it was so unbelievably popular. It got thousands and thousands of views on YouTube. And you know, I never thought that that was gonna be that song. And then um, I decided to re-record the whole entire thing and fly my producer up here, and we decided to re-record it and make it new and current, yet still maintaining that new edgy vibe I'm going for. And uh, I think I think we uh, did it successfully. And well, I really uh... like it. <laughs>
0: No, <clears throat> oh, I I really dig it. I'm, I'm glad that you uh selected to to have it on the uh broadcast. It definitely has uh shows a little bit more of an edge and I think vocally as well. Yeah. Um yeah. shows uh, your range uh, uh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously from your other stuff in the, in the dance stuff, um you know, it really shows your range as a vocalist. So I think people are going to okay. dig it. Well, uh Rachel, uh thanks again for coming on the Revelator. It's been a pleasure. Well, and sure uh come back on fun fun again fun for- wh- yeah, when the album comes back, uh, come back on and uh we'll uh, we'll spin a couple tracks and uh shoot the breeze. I
4: would love like to. That would be awesome. <laughs>
1: Too much for you Did it get too high? I wish I knew
0: Best of luck to her. Rachel's fantastic. Uh, true class act, you know, cutting some time out of her uh, vacation uh, from sunshine and fun in South Beach uh, to talk to us, of all people, right? Um, some people were like, what the hell is wrong with her? No, uh, really fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, we appreciate her uh, making time for us. Uh, it's really, really nice of her to do uh, while she's basically taking time off. that That's what it takes right there. People who are trying to make it in the industry, that's a good example of what it takes right there. You know, hey, I'm on vacation in Miami, but I'm still gonna do an interview. I'm still gonna try to reach out to, to new fans and new people, and that's exactly what it takes. And Lauren definitely has that it factor. For more information on this particular episode of Revelator, head on over to dot TV again. That's dot TV. You also find us on Facebook as well. Facebook.com/slash dot TV again. That's omnes.tv. TV. Click on episode number sixty-one to find out more information about Rachel Lauren and also Eliza Niels and uh. You can also find me on Twitter as well, Ryan underscore unsigned. I'm usually tweeting something and promoting the show and who knows what else. Uh, so definitely stop by for a chuckle or two and, you know, get some information about, uh, upcoming guests as well. Mike, fantastic job as always. Uh, upcoming guests, speaking of, we've got a bunch of them, man. We're just, we're cranking them out. That's what we're all about here. It's about the music, the interviews, uh, having a few laughs and having some fun along the way. Uh, smile, empty soul. Haster. To name a few, dead end drivers. You know, the list goes on there. So uh you know keep it locked right here on Revelator, homeless.tv Mike. Wonderful job as always. Thanks everybody for listening and make us making us a part of your week. It seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so everybody. This was episode sixty one, Eliza's and Rachel's Do's and Don'ts. For show notes or links to topics discussed on this episode of Revelator or to experience previous episodes, head on over to onus.tv, that's O-M-N-E-S and click on Revelator. Thanks for listening.